Last time I looked at the story from Exodus chapter 18 where Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, comes to visit Moses. They've crossed the Red Sea, the people are gathered, all of these things have happened, amazing stories have happened, and Jethro sits and quietly watches Moses as he judges the people from morning till night, it says, making judgment. And after he's been watching for a while, uh, Jethro makes an observation to Moses. He says, what you're doing is not good. Okay, If you carry on like this, basically, you and these people are going to wear yourselves out. That's what's in these verses. And I said, firstly, that we, we do need wisdom and insight of the spiritual mothers and fathers. We give thanks to God for people like Dave and Sandra. They're just one example of numbers across this church. We give thanks to God for spiritual mothers and fathers. But we need, we need those of us who are in that role need the courage to be what God has called us to be. If we do feel we're in that sense, I love what Sandra said, the autumn of our lives, but we have much to give. And there are those here who might say, I'm in the autumn of my life. I want to say to you, but you have much to give. Some of you need the courage to actually step out. Jethro, looking at Moses, thinking, shall I, shan't I? This is Moses. I know he's my son-in-law. But also, there are those of us who need to have the humility to hear good advice coming to us also. And so there's these these two things. So I mentioned that uh, first of all. But then Jethro gives Moses some advice, which was to select capable men in this instance. But I said, I believe the principle is very much about the people of God. It's men and women. Uh, But in this instance, capable men, trustworthy men who fear God and appoint them as leaders. And this is the interesting bit, wasn't it? Leaders over tens, leaders over fifties, leaders over hundreds and thousands. In other words, get others involved as judges. They said, of course, you can have the most difficult cases, but let them pick up many of the other things, and that will make the load lighter for everyone. And then that wonderful phrase, Moses listened to his father-in-law and did what he said. And we talked about the fact, and I want to just highlight this again today and underline it again, God has a part for each one of us to play. Each one of us. What we need to hear and understand is that it will be different for different ones of us. And I used this phrase about each one of us running in our own lane, running in the lane. There is a place of release when we discover and we allow both ourselves and others to run in the lane that God has given. And so when you hear these stories, and there's been different stories, it's like, look, this is what God is doing. And we can cheer one another on in the lane that God has called us to. Now, sometimes some of us might get a bit jealous and say, oh, I'd quite like to be in that lane. There's some of us, and you say, oh, I'd quite like to go to Rio for a couple of weeks. And, and, and on the surface, but actually God has called them into this lane for this moment. And there's something there that God is doing. And there'll be different things for different ones of us. And it will, there will be different capacities. There'll be different levels But we talked about the fact that God has a part for each one of us to play. And my lane may be different to yours. And yours will be very different, uh, likely to be very different to the person next to you. But each one of us has a lane. And as we run in that lane that God has given us, it becomes a place of release 
and freedom. Running in my lane is not a limited place, we said. It's a place of freedom and joy. Rather than a place of uncertainty or condemnation, I ought, I should, I'm supposed. No, actually, I'm free because this is where I've been placed. This is what I'm supposed to do. Secure that I'm the right person in the right place at the right time. I feel that for you guys. As you go, you're going to be, you say, who are we? Why are we here? You're the right people in the right place at the right time. And there's a a peace that comes with that. And it's true for different ones of us uh, in, in the setting that we find ourselves even today. Whether that be with tens, fifties, hundreds or thousands. Again, I just want to underline, these lanes will be different. See, God is asking different things of different ones of us. That's what I feel at the moment with us as a church. There is this call for us to unite, to be this family, to be a body, but there are different things that God is calling different ones of us. And I, I very much feel we need to recognize that and understand that so that we can support and cheer one another on in the things that God has spoken to different ones of us. Are you with me? You're hearing what I'm saying? Because I, I feel this is important. I also just want to add that it may well be different things at different times or stages of life. So I do love what Sandra and Dave are saying. Some people might say, oh, that's a young person's thing. That's a young woman's thing, a young man's thing. But God has different purposes for us at different times. And so I was just reflecting and I was thinking, many years ago, I started out as a children's and youth worker. That was my title. In fact, my title was uh, Worker for Children, Youth and Evangelism. And basically the pastor said to me, we've got a need in the children, we've got a need in the youth, we've got a need in evangelism. Basically, you can do what you like, he said. (laughs) That was his actual words to me. But I was very much a children's worker, youth worker. That was my lane. I was happy in it, I was secure in it, I had a joy and a freedom. Yes, I used to get exhausted at 10 o'clock on a Friday night from running an open youth club, but I, I knew that that was my lane at that time. But then God, by the Holy Spirit, and that is key, God, by the Holy Spirit, began to change my focus, began to show me that there was a change of lane that he was calling me into. It happened not really by my own desire, although there were things within me, but people, God used people to speak to me. God used scriptures and songs to speak to me and began to call me into a, a different lane. I want to say to you, it was not a lane of promotion. Children and youth work is the highest calling you can have. Somebody needs to say amen to that, I tell you. All right. When we're involved with children's work, it isn't until we get to move to some higher plane. And I think sometimes some of the things in church life, we can think to ourselves, oh, I'll do this until. And actually the Lord is saying, no, this is the lane I've called you to. Be faithful in that lane right now. Serve it in, with all of your heart. Are you with me? Do you understand that? But he shapes us in, our, in the purposes. And, and sometimes he'll say a word of obedience to us. You know, and you go, who, me? What, me? Uh-uh. And, and actually, there's an opportunity. Do we step into the purposes of God? I've never done that before. But God says, no, I'm inviting you. And there is a change of lane. But it's a work of God. 
All right? It's not one of jealousy and looking on and going, oh, I'd love to be in that lane. You have no idea what it is to run in that lane, run in the one he's given you in his purposes. Amen? This town, this island, this nation is crying out for Jesus. It needs the Lord Jesus Christ. Each one of us has a part to play. My desire to pick up the phrase of Jethro, but really to pick up the heart of Jesus and God throughout the Word of God, is that God is looking for an army of capable men and women who love God, who love his ways, and who are willing and ready to help carry the load as the Holy Spirit leads. Now, many of you are already doing that. I want to thank you again for your involvement in the nights of prayer. As I was uh, really preparing and thinking about uh, the prayer meeting on Monday evening, I got this phrase, it kept coming to me, over and over on Monday afternoon, where is the house you will build for me? Where is the house you will build for me? Now often, I will look up the scripture and I'll find where it was, but I, I just found myself, I knew it was in scripture, I couldn't quite remember where it was, but I just found myself through the afternoon, things I was doing, meditating on, and I found myself praying, Lord, help us to build this house for you. And so I, I came to the prayer meeting on Monday evening, and I, I just felt prompted to look up the context, look up the context. It's Isaiah chapter 66. This is what the Lord says, Heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? But then it goes on, Has not my hand made all these things, and so they come into being, declares the Lord. And there's a sense in which God says, Heaven is my footstool, earth um, is, is my footstool, heaven is my throne. Where's the house you can build for me? That's the heart of this. It's like... Do you think you can build anything where I can fit? You can't. I made all this. And what caught my attention and what caught my heart, you see, it's not so much about what we're doing. It's about what God's doing. It's about what God's doing. God is building a house. God is making for himself a people. But astoundingly, he uses each one of us as these stones. As these living stones, two Peter two, uh, one Peter two, verse four. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men and chosen, uh, rejected by men and women, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, let's say that out loud. You also, come on. You also, you should say that to each other, shouldn't you? You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Each one of us are these spiritual stones. Yeah? All different shapes and sizes being fitted together. Some responsible for tens, some responsible for thousands. Some running in a, in a lane that takes us out to Rio for a couple of weeks. Some of us running in a lane that commits ourselves to looking after our children and our young people. Different ones of us, all of us, different living stones being built together, fitted together by the Holy Spirit. And this building rises to become this wonderful, glorious house in which God dwells by his Holy Spirit. So I believe that part of the growth and fruitfulness of this um, 
prophetic word that Rodney spoke over us a couple of years ago now that we often refer to as the, the lemon tree prophetic word. But as he talked about growth and fruitfulness, I believe it's that God would have us have a greater understanding of what it means to belong to one another what it means to build with one another, what it means to run with one another. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. But the verse before, verse 26, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. That sense of relationship, working together, building together. And I think there's more for us to grasp in this. More of us for us to understand in this. I found Steve Whittington's visit uh, so helpful to us last weekend, as I know many of you did. One of the things that he talked about was owning what each other is already doing. He said to me privately, and I want you to hear this, he said, you know, I don't think I have ever come across a church where so many people are already involved in the community. That was his words to me, especially in the areas of of management and seniority. And so there's something that I believe for us to grasp. So it was wonderful to hear Sarah praying out this morning and and rebuking fear. So I want to say this. When Sarah goes into the schools, when she's coordinating on behalf of schools pastors across the island, we, Apex, you, go with her. I'm not sure we're convinced. I think we need to understand what that means. When Kay goes to visit some of the most broken family situations on the whole of the Isle of Wight, we, Apex, you, go with her. When Uman, Margarita, Tina have to work through complex medical issues or to communicate hard, difficult news to people, We, Apex, you, go with them. When Roz, Jackie, Karin, uh, Will, who started coming to us, uh, are in the classroom setting, brothers and sisters, they're not just educating, they're encountering all kinds of needs in today's society. We are with them. Elizabeth in the hospital, Joel in policing, Sally with special support dentistry, Duncan and Mimi at Aspire, Les in the child counselling, Forest School, serving right into the heart of the community as part of the family of Apex. Hannah's H and J on the front line, meeting practical need through food bank. We are at their back and we're on their shoulder. Zoe and Angie and Lucy, Mike and Jill, Don and Leslie, Dave and Sandra, Joe and Joyce and others connecting to very specific age-related areas at both ends of the life as part of the family of God in this place. Now, I'm so worried when I make a list like this that I'm going to miss somebody out. So if I've missed somebody out, but I have just about named over half the church. I really want us to begin to understand. And I think there's ways that we need to help one another in this. I've got some thoughts about that that will begin to roll out literally in the next week or so. That We are part of what God is doing through God is already using us 
deeply into the community. One of the things that was happening, even in conversations over the weekend and then through the prayer meetings, is recognizing that the different areas that different ones of you are involved in, from time to time, you are referring people from this island to each other. You're referring each other to each other's different departments. And so one will meet somebody in this situation. Now, I know there's professionalism. I know there's confidentiality and all of those things, and that's appropriate and that's absolutely right. But we need to recognize and understand what God is doing through us as a church. But more than that, I believe there's a, something that God is calling us now to come alongside one another, to build it, to strengthen it, to support it, and resource it. And I think we'll unfold that I have a a plan I'd like to collate, even what God is doing, just collate some of these roles, collate some core issues, not not confidentiality things, but just to to collate so that we can begin to pray. I'd like someone to help me collate this, put it together. So if you feel really provoked by that, come and talk to me. But as we come towards each other more and more, these living stones being built together... I also believe we're going to find practical points of connection. I was really struck by something Kay said on the Saturday morning. She was just talking about one dynamic situation. She just threw out a one-liner. She said, we had this 15-year-old girl. She had nothing in the home at all, and she desperately needed a laptop to be able to do her homework, things that she was being asked to do. And She said we had to look around until we could find a, a laptop a second-hand laptop. And I remember at the time on Saturday thinking, I bet there's at least one second-hand laptop sitting in somebody's home that if we'd have known about that, and, and I, Kay and I were talking about, how do we begin to make these things known that, so that we can stand with one another? So I'm really exercised by that. But I know, speaking for myself, I had a wonderful conversation with uh, Hannah around this as well. I know that there has to be a change... Uh, sorry, Hannah... Uh, there has to be a change of attitude and approach in my own life to a number of areas. And I'll give you one example, because I think this is significant for a number of us. I know how easy it is to see a need or become aware of a need in my neighborhood, in my school setting might be, in my work setting, to see it and then to think, I can't get involved because I've got too many commitments already. You see something, the Lord, as it were, will give you an eye to something or you hear something, but you think in yourself, but I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. So I, I can't get involved. And so what I tend to do is skirt around it or back away from it. But what I do is I forget. I forget that I'm part of a family of 80 adults and 30 children I might not be able to meet that specific need, but someone else in the family might. And one of the things I know that I've got to get over, and and I suspect a number of us have, is sometimes it's like, oh, we see this, but we don't touch it because I'm overwhelmed already. But actually, God is saying, I want to highlight that to you as a family. And actually, someone else might go, I can do that. I can do that. Similarly, you might hear something that someone else says and you think, yeah, I could. that's not a problem to me. That's something I could do. So that's another area that I'm very aware of myself personally, but I think we've got to begin to get over the fear and actually communicate with one another what God 
is doing among us. If we don't give, get over this fear, I can't do it all, we're not going to break through to the effectiveness and the fruitfulness that I believe God is calling to us to as a people. Now that will require us knowing that we are running in our own lanes and that's okay. That will require us not getting into guilt and condemnation when you think, I'd love to do that, but I can't. It's okay, it's not your lane. But there's someone else here whose lane it is. So it's a communicating. It's very quiet in here this morning. Are we okay? Are you okay with this? I'm going to give some points of application. I think there may be even things God's speaking to people right now. We need to keep hearing, all right? If you've got ideas, if you've got thoughts, how we can connect some of these dots, please will you speak to me about it. Put it down in writing so we don't lose it, but let's do that. Steve talked about part of our role being a place of life, of shade and of covering, didn't he? Talked about being a resource and a supply, and he particularly highlighted that section in this prophetic word about being a place of resource and supply and refreshing for the needy and the desperate. But that is also true for those who are going in and out of the community. I want to say this, all of those people that I've mentioned, one of the things that I believe we've got to grow in is standing alongside those who are already doing it. Really standing with them. I don't think Kay will mind uh, on Monday or Tuesday. I got her just to share briefly a little bit about her work. We pray for her in that. She used a phrase and it stuck with me. She said, sometimes I walk into the most traumatic situation and I come out traumatized myself. Did you hear those who were here on Monday hear that? I walk into the most traumatic situations and I come out traumatized myself. You say, Mark, what does it mean for us to be there with Kay? What it means is we, she can't break confidences, she can't give detail, but we come to Kay, just as an example, and we stand with her and we lay hands on her and we say, in the name of Jesus, would you know the peace of God, the grace of God, the healing of God, the goodness of God in your life right now? And we stand with her. She finds ways of communicating, this is a challenging week this week. There's 20 different cases and they are really difficult. The message goes out and we stand with her and we go with her. Are you with me? Now I'm looking around the room at different ones. Different ones. This is relevant to numbers of you. And this, is, this is where I believe we begin to do this. And as we do that, some of us are going to go, I could help here. I could help there. I could get involved here. I could get involved there as we begin to pray. So I'm just sharing some of these things. Now, so that's how I think we can stand and support. So that refreshing is not just for those who are wounded and broken coming in, but it's for those who are among us who are reaching out to the wounded and broken in all sorts of different ways and standing with them. And on that note, I finally want to mention the piece of encouraging news that I've been holding on to. Um, if we can just throw up the, the picture that I've got next. Who knows who this is? So this is Donna Bloomfield. It's a very good friend of Jackie and I. I've known her for 25 years. But I know that many of you um, also know Donna. I think there's another picture of her in a different context. This is her probably right now where we are um, in Burundi. She's in an area called Chirama right now. They are having secret church. What they're doing is they're giving milk to the most needy 
Um, they're teaching farming to those who've got no food at all. But what they're doing is they're preaching the gospel, sharing good news. This week, 25 people came to the Lord Jesus Christ while they were secretly doing farming training and preaching the gospel. They're praying for the sick. There were people who recommitted their lives. It's quite a story. I won't take you through all the story right now. But in God's wisdom and uh, in God's leading, Donna has asked if she can come and be based here at this church. Which I just think is so exciting and is amazing. So each time she's come, she's come a couple of times. She, you guys need to know she has felt so welcomed by you. She's felt so at home. She's not going to be here lots because she's going to be doing what she does and travelling around the world as she does and helping increasingly more and more helping others to understand how to church plant into these very, very rural, very difficult, very challenging situations. But Donna has felt really clearly led by God. Steve Oliver's thrilled about it. Daniel McLeod at London, where she's been sort of some links for a little while, absolutely thrilled. I tried to put her off, I have to be really honest. Not because you're an ugly bunch at all. Just in many ways because of our stage and size, but also our geographical setting and so on. Just being real. Um, But she really felt God spoke to her so clearly um, she put her house, she got a house in Swindon, she put her house on the market, it sold the same day she put it on the market, um, and she put in an offer and it was accepted, she's buying one of the new builds in East Kells on the top of the hill that looks over the, the river, she's um, just a small place where she can be based, again I tried to put her off that, and she just, God, she's a person who, she listens to the Spirit, is led by the Spirit, and she gets very determined, she knows when God's speaking, so I'm so excited, aren't you? It's wonderful, and we can stand alongside her, we can encourage her, and bless her, just to let you know, Pat is already very involved in her world, she um, does her finances and supports her in a number of different ways, would you believe Debbie is also involved in her world? She met Debbie. The first question Debbie asked her was, do you have a kidnap and ransom policy? (laughs) Like you do. To which Donna replied, no, I don't, but I really need one. Do you know someone who could help me? And Debbie said, well, funny you should say that. So Debbie's actually been helping her. And Mike and Sue are taking over her website. So we're already involved, okay? Isn't it wonderful? Let me just finish with some points of response. What are, what's God speaking to us about? I just want to invite you to make a commitment to go towards those who are already involved in the community. There is a great deal that we are already doing. A great deal. And I think we need to recognise it. I think we need to understand it far more than perhaps we have done. I need to ask those of you who are involved and all those names I mentioned and there may be others, please forgive me if I've forgotten. Hopefully I haven't. But we need to find, I want to hear, how can we support you? What's prayer items that we can pray for you? How can we stand with you? Okay, and remember, I need a collator who's going to help me to collate some of that. But make a commitment to go towards those who are already actively involved in the community. But on the other hand, I also want to say, can those of you who are involved in all sorts of different ways in the community, can you keep us informed of where you think 
the church might be able to help, where you think the, the church might be able to participate. And, and as Kay said to me, she said, when I thought about that laptop, she said, I never thought of asking the church. She said, of course, it was obvious. And so that's something that we need to do and be aware of. Each one of us needs to also look for opportunities for ways that we can respond. All right? God is not asking us to do all of these things, but different ones of us will be able to respond in different ways, different things. I continue to be very exercised by the fact that Zoe has got 20-plus mums, grandparents, carers, and children coming every week into the mums and toddlers, most of whom have no church connection at all. Even this week, three new people coming in to the church uh, and, and having connections here. To have those who would just say, do you know what, I can just sit. Angie's making coffees. Maybe I can help Angie and then Angie can listen to people or talk to people. There are, there are different things and we could go across the board. We're working in the, as a church together with other churches in terms of the dementia and Alzheimer's area. There's teas and coffees to be made in that group every week. We've got a small rotor. You might say, I can be involved in that. There are all sorts of different things. Okay, So how can we respond? Here's one very specific thing I want to put up. Would you help um, to sign up to the light party on October the 31st? Now, with my slightly dodgy back, I completely forgot. I meant to do a sheet. So someone who's really practical, (laughs) could they create a sheet right now that we can have at the back? So at the end of the meeting, we're going to have a light party, okay, on October the 31st. We're not going to be focused on anything else on October the 31st. If that's relevant to you, don't worry. If it's not, okay, Brexit I'm talking about. Um, We are going to be focused on Jesus, the light of the world. We're going to make this place a flood of lights. We're going to have a big bouncy castle. We're going to have creativity and crafts. Uh, We're going to welcome family, friends. And we're just going to open this place as a place of light and love and smiles and laughter. And we're going to say, fear, be gone. And and scariness, be gone. And we're going to welcome God's power. Amen? All right? So we're going to have a great community time. But we're going to need people to be involved. Now, Jill said she wants to be involved. Mary said she wants to be involved already, which is brilliant. Um, I'd love a whole team of people who could help with that. So can you sign up for that? That would be brilliant. Another little announcement I want to let you know. I feel God has really been provoking me and stirring me about Alpha. And uh, it's been exciting. Just quietly behind the scenes, Jill has been running just a small Alpha with one or two from Drop-In. And you've had a wonderful time, haven't you? Brilliant. And I know those about three that were going on that, and they've had a really good time. After Christmas, I'd love us to start running an uh, an Alpha course. Um, One or two have said, I've got a friend who's interested. When are we going to do an Alpha course? And I can feel a momentum coming for Alpha. So again, if you're going, oh, that excites me. That's something I'd love to be part of. I'd like to help run that uh, in the new year. It'll be in the early new year. That's something that I want to, to mention. Okay, finally, just want to just keep highlighting this is something that we just need to be aware all the time. This work needs to be resourced. All that we're doing has to be resourced. There's ministries to be encouraged. 
initiatives to be funded. There's training to be done. There are people that we need to fund to go off on training um, to, to grow in these things. I talked a bit about that with Ashley last time, if you were here. There's opportunities to help supply resources all over the place in all sorts of different ways. So one of the challenges that comes with this is growing in our giving. Growing in our giving. This is something, this is a little series of phrases that I've been using on our website. I've been using it in our welcome booklet, which is there at the back. I just, could you put up all three, John? I know I said line by line. But let, let me just say to you, there's step in, step up, step on, and step beyond. One step, anyway. One step beyond. I just want each one of us to keep hearing this. This is something you're going to hear continuously. I've mentioned it before. You might say, Mark, I'm not someone who really is involved in giving in the church very much. I want to invite you, as you hear what God is doing among us, to begin to step in. Just to start. I'm not, in one sense, I'm not interested in the amount. I'm interested in you hearing from the Lord what he would say and starting to give. Amen? However small, Start giving for the first time. If you're a tax player, please fill out the gift aid form. You'll find them at the back because we can claim 25p and every pound of that back from the government, which is wonderful. Now, you might say, well, I am giving occasionally. Can I invite you to step up and give more regularly? Be more consistent, not just as an afterthought, not just as an occasional thing, but to say, I'm seeing what God's doing. I can see how God is speaking to us and leading us. And so I want to invite you to to step in. Begin to commit monthly. Again, it's not so much the amount. It's that sense of, Lord, you have my heart. Everything is from you. So I'm going to commit to giving to you first. I've shared stories before, but Jackie and I said, we're not going to start with all our bills and then see what we've got left. We're going to start by giving to the Lord and we will give the bills to him. And our testimony has been for 35 years, 35 years, we started with the Lord and he has met our need according to his riches. That's meant choices and decisions over many, many years, but that has been our heart. And so you increase. Then you you step on. You say, okay, I am giving that. So some of you say, yeah, Mark, I am giving regularly. But you know what? I don't think about it very much. I set it up five years ago, and it's just there, and it's just something that's there, I want to invite you to consider it, review it, think again. Is there a step to be taken further on now? Continue taking steps. There is this biblical concept of tithe, but we could, we could say that's 10%, or we could say it's 23%. Depends which bits of the Bible you're reading. But what it is, is saying there is that commitment to giving to God first, And giving to God is a priority of everything else that I have. And so there's this stepping in, there's stepping up, there's stepping on. And then I want to challenge myself and each one of us to keep stepping beyond. You say, well, I am giving regularly and it feels quite generous. But the Lord would say to some of us, look what I'm showing you in the nation and in the nations. Look what I'm calling you to. I'm inviting you to participate. And it is an invitation. It's not a demand. It's not a threat. It's an invitation to keep stepping into the purposes of God. Amen? Can I invite you to stand? Forgive me, I've 
gone over slightly. Let's just uh, pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, we are just so thankful as we sang this morning in worship your love for us and your mercy and your grace for us and that freedom that you've brought to us. You've released us from chains. You've, you've taken us through difficulties in your purposes, Lord. You've, you've been with us and we thank you for that. But Lord, we see before us a vision of the so much more that you have. I want to thank you, Lord, for everyone who's involved right across the community of this island already, whether it be in a, in a classroom setting, whether it be in a, in a big public setting like the hospital or the, the police association, Lord, whether it be on the front line of, of real desperate need where people are at their wit's end as to what to do and how to, to go forward, Lord, You've placed us there. You've placed your people as a body, as a church in these places. Those are at the beginning of life. Those are at the end of life. Lord, you've said, this is where I want you to be. And we thank you for that. And we pray that in these days, Lord, would you show us how we can support one another, how we can stand with one another, how we can build and encourage and strengthen one another. We pray, Lord, as the information begins to come out, we might have a a realisation and an understanding of all that we're doing. Lord, but I pray more than that, it wouldn't just be an understanding, but we would begin to come alongside one another. That by your Spirit, these living stones would be built together. Lord, that on this island, this glorious temple of praise and worship to you would rise. Lord, that the wounded and broken would find shelter under the wings of your presence and within the local church. Lord, that those that you're calling and resourcing and speaking to. Father, today we do want to pray for our dear sister Donna. We want to pray for her right there in Burundi. Lord, we pray for the political situation. You know the corruption, you know the violence, you know the fear that is there right now. And even now, Lord God, as church is being planted into the the most poorest of the poor in the world, the most desperate and needy, Lord, we say, let your kingdom come in that situation. Let your kingdom come. Let your work grow. We pray for Sue and the team there in Bulgaria. Father, we pray for them today as they go into churches, as they visit people. Lord, may they encounter your presence and your power. And again, for Paul as he travels. Lord, so whether it's right here with our neighbour who we need to come alongside, or whether it's to the ends of the earth, we say to you again, we need to be filled with you. We need to be led by you. We need to be shaped by you. We thank you, Father, for the resources that pour into this church. And we thank you for the way they pour out again to those around. But, Lord, we're daring to say to you, would you do more in us? More in us. Lord, why not? Why not here for your glory? Why not? Do more. Do more. More than we could ask or imagine, according to your power that's at work. So, Lord, we we just give you these days. We give you all all that you're saying to us. We pray, Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us. So we ask you in your precious name. Amen. Amen.